So you want to know how you start a show tonight? That's the way you start it. The reason why? Because you have your defending Stanley Cup champions, well, back-to-back, 2020-2021. Once again last night, the Tampa Bay Lightning come through, end up winning a great game last night, only needed one. Vasilevsky was lights out. We'll get to a little bit more, but that's the way you start it, especially when you have Dave Clawson, our guest tonight, Utica coach. It's You have to tie it on together. That's where you have fun. When you have a hockey coach that's followed by a game like it was last night. So we'll get into that. We'll get into everything that Dave does in Utica. It's going to be a lot of fun to talk to him. And he is the D3 women's ice hockey coach, also the golf coach. And if you guys do remember this week, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, the charity event. So we can get into Dave with even golf as well, because well, we can go all the way across the board. And we just learned not too long ago that he is from Philadelphia himself. Who knew? As you know, you can do all the research you want to, but sometimes you don't know those little hidden gems that are in there. So from Philadelphia, we'll welcome all the way down from New York. I mean, it, we're planning on having a lot of fun tonight. We thank you guys and girls for tuning in tonight because we can't do the show with you, you guys, as we say each and every week. So it's a different introduction this week, but still the same group of guys, a lot of fun. It is episode 64. I'm Angel. This is Broad Street South and congratulations to those Tampa Bay Lightning. saying it every single week and it's going to happen. It's going to happen because we're going to catch Vito at one point dancing. And I might even cut off the video just so you guys can see him dance. But at one point, it is going to happen. But nonetheless, here is the co-host, Vito Corleone. What is, what is, <laughs> what is going on? You're killing me, Smalls. Here I'm waiting for you to dance or something in the background. Now, see, I'm not going to say anymore. Dancing. I'm not going to say it because the minute I say it, now you're not going to dance. But it's okay. I'll get you. Don't worry. It'll happen. How are you, Vito? I'm good. Uh, it still kills me that this Tampa Bay Lightning did win the Stanley Cup, but I will congratulate them. It's 19 days till uh, training camp. Sirianni, Jalen Hurtzer will begin in Philadelphia. The Phillies trade deadline is about three weeks away, too, so let's see what they can do this month. Maybe they can pull it out and be sellers or buyers at the deadline. Who knows? I think so. Listen, and, and who knows? And But as we talked off air a little bit, obviously, we, we hope that the Phillies were able to rest up. We see arms that are being thrown because, again, the whole substance thing, and we can get into that a little bit later on as well, but – this team definitely needs some rest, all-star break, come back, maybe try to win, I don't know, 7 out of 10 if possible. They're going to a good little stride right now, but let's see what the Phillies can do coming off that all-star break. So we'll get into that a little bit later on. And uh, I, I, know, I, listen, I know that you love the Tampa Bay Lightning. I got a couple clips for you later on. Obviously, we start out with the countdown. Can't except wait. for my <laughs> Except like, a little screw up there in the very beginning because that was a promo that was supposed to go out on Twitter. But hey, this that's what happens on, on live events. But uh we'll have that. And if you guys end up missing Kucherov's interview last night, post-game, that's gonna be a lot of fun. So we'll have that as well. We also can't forget our youngest beat writer. And uh, by the way, 
Uh, our national correspondent is on assignment tonight, so he'll be back with us next week. So Mr. Ryan Neff is not with us, but Ryan, we hope you're doing well on the assignment we send you out to. We're not even going to tell the folks. It's so top secret. We're not going to tell anybody, but we hope that you're doing what we ask you to do out there. So good luck, Ryan. And here we're going to introduce our youngest beat writer that, well, he came in like a sweaty mess, but he cleaned it up. Here's Nick. <laughs> Nick, how are you this evening? Oh, hold on. There, oops, it went away. Ah. What? There we go. <laughs> I'm doing great. I'm playing with my mute with the mute. I'm mute. We're doing great. I uh, I got my Broad Street South merch, but like Angel said, I uh, I sweated it to a mess. But I got the water bottle. So very nice. We got our merch. It's uh, it's pretty neat. This water bottle stays keeps your water cold. So. But yeah, I mean, Champa Bay is uh, is in full effect since I uh, traveled there. They now have two titles. But um, yeah, and then you know, baseball deadline three weeks away. I'm a huge Yankee fan, so it's, uh, we're, we're probably gonna end up being sellers for the. You're for the you're full. Deadline. But uh, <laughs> hey, I'm having, a, I'm having a great time, and uh, Clemson has been treating me well. So excited to have Dave on today too. It's because Brian Dawkins won. We did see you had a busy day today, and I, I hope everything you need to get done, and I know you had some good news, and we might talk about later on off air, obviously, but uh, hopefully everything went well for you today. And before I bring Dave on, and again, it, it's hockey night here. We're talking golf. We're just going all the way around the board. It's going to be a lot of fun, so stay tuned. I do see the comments. I'll get to you guys momentarily. But I also want to say that normally I do call the Studio A here Studio A, but that has changed. That is now the LG Direct Sales Solutions Studio. And LG, which is for Larry Gilman, Direct Business Sales Solutions. If you guys want to get a hold of Larry, go to lgdirect.net. Also, it's incorporated from Philly to down here at Tampa Bay. And it's for your credit card solutions. So if you guys need credit card solutions as far as the machine itself, how to work them, the sales, the final pitch, Everything you possibly need when it comes to your sales solutions, go to lgdirect.net. And again, it is now the LG Direct Sales Solutions Studio. So thanks to Larry for coming on board with us. We do really appreciate it. And there is another one, but we couldn't get the person on time to be able to break their news. So hopefully next week we'll also have an old face, but the same old people that we had before and, but it was going to be a lot of fun. So uh, we're going to bring on Dave here. And if you guys don't follow Dave, and I will bring up one screen here so you guys can all see the same thing that we see. If you guys take a look, Dave Clausen, and if you follow him, it's W underscore David underscore Clausen. And if you want to know the school that he is the coach of, it is the Utica Pioneers. And you guys can also follow Utica Pioneers at UC Pioneers. And with that being said, with that introduction, just for Dave we're going to bring the man himself, if I can switch screens here real quick. Dave, how are you this evening? Thank you so much for coming on with us. We truly do appreciate it. Hey, thanks for having me. This is a blast. Hey, Dave, thanks for coming on. Thank you, yeah. Dave, for coming on. It's, uh, as we know now, Fuji, Dave, I, I will tell you, not only is Fuji a major Howie Roseman fan, I can't, I mean, he's got the PJs, the tie, he's got the socks, everything Howie Roseman. So, with that, and I try to convince him, and he didn't want to be, but I, I have a hockey puck just for just for Fuji, right? I had one last year that he didn't want to take, which was the cup champions from last year. So I got him one for this year. So if he wants it, 
it, it's here for him in the, in the studio in case he wants it. But listen, we, we're, of course, we're having fun. I can see the comments coming in. And we know that it is the off-season currently for you. We've, and coincidentally, also just became the off-season for the NHL as well. But Dave, starting out with, with Utica, we would like to know as far as the years that you've been with them, and not only just about as far as the years, what did it take for you to actually become a coach? Because we, we know just from experiences, what we've seen from other shows, from other people, and sometimes people do share you know, how hard it was for them to be able to make it as a coach, whether you know they got a small start in a small venue, whether it be in a junior college, whatever case may be. But we would love to know what's it take for you to become a coach and on top of that, what's your base, your preparation going into your following season? Yeah. Um, so my history, so I, you mentioned it, I grew up down, down where you guys are and, and was a, a bit of a hockey rat, played some football, you know, you know, growing up in the nineties, right. We would play whatever people in the neighborhood would play that day. Um, so we played street hockey with wiffle balls. We played wiffle ball later on in the day with the same ball. Um, but, uh, you know, I grew up, I was fortunate to be in a family where uh, my grandfather was a Frankfurt Yellow Jacket way, way back in the day. Um, so, and obviously that franchise became the Philadelphia Eagles. And he then went on and he was a, a school teacher um, at Frankfurt for a bazillion years. He coached uh, Gratz football for a couple of years, was a baseball coach at Frankfurt, a gym teacher. Um, my father, uh, he coached at West Philadelphia High School for about 20 years, um, basically all the 70s and all the 80s. Uh, and then he went to Frankfurt um, and coached football there for through, through the 90s and through their 2003, I think, undefeated city or Public League championship season uh, before retiring. So I had um, a pretty heavy history of football and, and coaching and athletics in my family growing up. And uh, so I went and I played uh, Division three football at, at – uh, at Hamilton College, which is not far from from Utica, um, picked Hamilton because of the hockey there as well, and, and expected to play both. Just didn't happen for me, right? Um, college athletics is hard enough with one sport to try to do two. Um, it just didn't work out. Um, but I ended up getting into coaching hockey while I was there. Um, they added women's hockey, so it was a growing sport in the '90s. And, um, so, like sophomore year in college, I got like a work study job as a student manager. Um, and at the time, you know, things are crazy sometimes at the NCAA level. So when they started their program, they didn't actually get a coach, a head coaching position, um, because at the time they had to be full-time faculty members and whatever happened that year, their tennis coach was coaching. So I ended up kind of falling in and, and helping run the team as a sophomore in college, a new team. Um, and, and it was, that was a cool experience just to get some coaching experience. Right. And then, um, when I graduated college, I wanted to go and coach football. That was kind of the game plan. And my first two years coaching, I was at two different schools in Maine, Maine Maritime Academy and then Bowdoin College. Um, and both of those stops, and granted, like when you get into D3 coaching, you know, mm -hmm. at that time, you were making like $10,000 a year if you were lucky. And so it was ramen noodles and you hope somebody had like a porch or pullout couch you could sleep on or find a way to to scrape to get by. And I had, you know, great. I was very fortunate. My parents helped me out in, in getting into things. And, um, but at those, both of those places, the athletic directors were like, Hey, I know you have hockey on your resume. We need the first spot. It was a club hockey coach. And then at the second spot, it was, uh, 
the head women's hockey coach had remembered me from when I was uh, coaching in Hamilton. And uh, so both places, they were like, hey, we'll give you an extra two grand if you do hockey in the wintertime. And I was like, two grand? That's, that's a 20% pay raise. I'll take it. Um, <laughs> so, and I, as we went down the road, um, you know, I, I was always thinking I'd be a football coach and um, kind of out of the blue, an opportunity at Utica kind of came up. College friend of mine was got the job to be the men's coach to start their men's program, and they were in a search for their women's coach, and they couldn't find the right fit. And um, he actually called me and, and said, "Hey, listen, this might be an opportunity that you want to look at." Um, and I remember I was working a camp at the time here. It was how not to get a job, right? This is not a good story. I'm not I'm not telling you the right things to do, but I'm working at a camp, and you know, the, the guys that are running the camp at Hamilton, they know the guys at Utica. So I ended up on a, in a phone conversation with the athletic director and he's asked me if I want the job. And I don't, I don't know if I want the job. Like I'm, I'm not even a hockey coach. Um, really good marketing on my part. Um, and then they said, well, just come over. Let's have lunch. Let's talk about it the next day. I'm working at a camp. So you don't bring a shirt and tie with you when you work at camp. So I go like in a golf shirt, golf shorts and, and, and flip flops to, to my job interview. And he's like, you think, you know, I got to introduce you to our president. I love you. Um, can you get a shirt and tie so we can, you know, so we end up going to the store and getting a shirt and tie the next day. And I come back for like an official interview on Friday, meet the president and, and the rest is history. And I, and I, you know, I think at the time I was like, listen, I'm making like $12,000 now and I'll make 30 something thousand dollars if I do this. This is a, a good step for me. And I can always go back to football, whatever. Um, and I remember my dad at the time being like, what the hell are you doing coaching hockey? Like, you know, um, but uh, I fell into it. Uh, I absolutely love it. Teams that I've coached have, have been very, very fortunate. We've done very, very well over the years. And, um, you know, 21 years later, right, I'm, I'm still here doing it. So, um, you know, I think there's a thing, you know, you obviously have to have some knowledge when you're going into it. But. Coaching is relationships. It's it's motivation. Um, it's work ethic. At the, at the collegiate level, you got to have talent. So recruiting is a big piece, and marketing and sales for that. Um, and again, you know, it's, it was a lot of hard work when we were starting the program, and and we've had more success over the years, and that's uh, that's helped um, helped grow and, and keep it successful. So um, so I, I've been very fortunate and very happy here, and uh, honestly love going to work every day right i was telling I was telling you guys before when you get into coaching right like the hours are crazy you know you're not going home at five you don't have your weekends off but when you look at it the way i do it's like you, you never go to work right you get to go play every single day right you know the off season there's some work you got to order equipment that's boring but um you know i guess you know if i asked my wife if she'd say the opposite right that's shopping that's the fun stuff you know you do that you know but every day you're hanging out at a hockey rink you're talking about hockey um you're on the ice it's it's a blast the people we meet um the things we get to do it's just uh, every day is a vacation I, I look at it that way i really truly do and um it's hard work at the same time but it's it's a lot of fun so that's how you get into that's kind of my history and how you get into it yeah uh, it might now we know you coach the women's hockey league so it would and i would think when you're looking at the talent whether it's the equivalent of men to women, to me, it, it really doesn't matter as long as the actual talent is there. If the women are determined to play, 
You know, that's, it, I know it's part of the process for you guys to actually do the recruiting. When the mm -hmm. women come on to as far as once they make it with, you know, they start, if they were lucky enough, because I know some high schools are fortunate enough to have hockey teams. I know when I went to, uh, when I went to high school, we did have one. Um, so, and I, I get, I did get to see one of our guys actually made the college and then made the pros. Didn't stay in the pros for too long, but he still nevertheless made it. So the, when the women come on and let's just say if, if you have three seniors are getting ready to graduate, <clears throat> do the seniors quickly fill in the freshmen, what the expectations are and what your expectations are as far as the, your season, whether if it was, and I'm not saying you had it by any means a losing season, but let's just say if you did have the season before last was a little rougher than what you guys expected. Mm -hmm. How much did they get involved along with you to coach them and guide them in the right direction? Yeah. Like I'm a big, um, like I'm a big believer that the leadership doesn't, like, obviously I got to steer the ship at times. Um, but your, your team leads your team, right? Um, you know, and any good team is going to have good leadership from within, right? The players are going to, to pass the baton and I can tell you what I expected to do off the ice. I can tell you what I expected to do um, in the community, etc. But right. Unless your teammates are holding you accountable or holding each other accountable to those things. Um, it doesn't, it doesn't work. And um, you know, so the, the best teams come with the best leaders and we ask our upperclassmen, I think every college team is going to ask their, their seniors, their juniors, the, the leaders there, to lead and to set the tone um, and and create the expectations. Like we do, you know, what our team rules and things like that are, they change every year. Um, we bring in our seniors, our, our captains, our leadership group, depending on how we're doing it that year. We say, hey, here's the, here, here it is. This is what we've done the last couple of years. What do you like? What do you not like? Oh, let's rip that page out of the book. Let's add this. Oh, you want to do that? And, uh, and we go with it and we'll, we'll talk some things through. Why do you want to do it that way? As opposed to the way we've always done it. What was, what was wrong with how we've done it in the past? Um, but I'll tell you, like we, we evolve and it's, it's from them. Um, but there's no question. Okay. The freshman comes in. One of the things we do is we, you know, uh, we kind of assign a big sister to every freshman through the door here, uh, on our team. And, and so the big sister, um, like they're responsible. Like, hey, listen, you're late to practice. You're not in trouble. It's the big sister. You miss a meeting. It's not you. It's the big sister. So it's great, right? You know, like right out of the gate, you, as a coach, put some of the onus on that leadership and that responsibility and, the, and holding other people accountable on them indirectly. Um, but it's also good for the freshmen because college, you know, your first year in college, like it's a whole new world, especially today, especially today. Cause let's be honest. Kids are coddled through high school these days, right? right. Everybody gets a B or better. Um, you know, everybody makes the team. Everybody, you know, gets to play all those different things. And it's going to be different here. Um, and then, you know, nobody's making sure you do your homework. You have to do it yourself. Nobody's waking you up and making breakfast for you. Like you have to do that yourself in college. So just to have somebody that's done it there, that's looking over you and kind of being like giving you nudges in the right direction. And then as well, like, obviously, you know, if a kid's struggling, the big sister's going to be like, hey, my little sister's a mess. You, you need to to get on her and, and talk to her or help her out with this or that. So it works out really well, and, and it helps with our retention and all those different things and keeping players here and keeping them happy and helping them develop. So, um, so yeah, I, I guess a long, long answer to a pretty simple question, which is, yeah, 
we expect the upperclassmen <laughs> to tell the rope when it comes to holding and helping freshmen accountable. No, well, it's, it's it's no. As far as being a long answer, it's great because again, it's more insight that we don't get to see. You know, as fans of of any major sport, it's mm-hmm. different. If you're able to, to to play a sport in high school, and you were hoping to make it to college, and you couldn't, whether it's you know finances, whether you know you pursued other venues, whether something else had happened, we don't get to hear those things that, that other teams that you see. You might see something on ESPN or other places because they they put the 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 lush story together. Like here, you know, we're all great. We're all, you know, one big happy family. And everybody knows through every team you go through your ups and downs. It's how you get through all those ups and downs. And the reason why I also brought up as far as how the women end up taking care of each other, because it, it would be, we do have the, the WNBA. It would be nice to see if maybe the NHL somehow or another will, I don't know, the WNHL, something where we can see the women, if, you know, it shouldn't be just their senior year and stop indoor senior year and possibly the Olympics if they qualify or eligible. But to me, if, if you're going to have the men on the ice, why not have the women as well? Cause I think it would be pretty interesting from, from gameplay, but I did want to bring up a video. And if you can remember this particular game, I wanted to bring this up because that's kind of where all this ties into. Hunted down, down the middle of the ice surface. Novotny will get the clear with 11 seconds to go in the Nazareth power play. Watrous gains the puck, streaking down the left wing, trying to circle to the front. A diving effort there made by Silva, and that will thwart that chance. And Utica will have a two-on-one the other way. Up the right wing, Sloan shoots and scores! Right off the kill! Utica gets back to even strength, and they go up on the scoreboard! Erica Sloan with her sixth of the season. And the Pioneers take the lead with 7.46 to go in the second period. I don't know about you, but I think Erica definitely is not Sloan down. Yep, Erica Sloan, her 14th point of the season, Ray, with her sixth goal now. We'll get Dave here back in a second. I'm going to take this away just for a minute until we get him back. Great, great call, by the way. The, there we go. That, that was a very underrated play-by-play call. It was. Yep, extremely. So we just on that, right? Ray Biggs is – and I'm going to put his name out there. I know some people maybe watch, watch you guys. Mm-hmm. He is amazing, um, our play-by-play guy. Like, he's amazing. Um, it's funny. Like, we'll trade films and sometimes – and the filming thing, we'll do our film, obviously, separate from the broadcast. But sometimes guys are like, coaches, we downloaded the the broadcast instead of your film just because we love the play-by-play in the background. And, what, you know, he's really good. He's really good. And um, he's got a bright future in that. I'm excited. We've, we've kept him for as long as we have. But I'm sure at some point in time we'll lose him to a bigger, uh, a bigger, a bigger pond, so to speak. But he, he's a good guy. Um, yeah, that was a, that's a, that's a good memory for sure. You, you, you brought it up. And I mean, the second I saw the goalie playing the puck up the ice, I knew exactly what was coming. And it's, uh, that was a good one. Um, it was a crazy game and, and COVID was, a, it was a crazy, crazy year. Right. Um, yeah. like I, I don't know that people can appreciate what, what college athletes went through 
Um, it's like nothing I've ever experienced before, right? College is college and, and you know, I'm sure everybody here, right? Uh, spent some time in college and, you know, God knows where you'd end up on a Friday night or a Saturday night after whatever. Um, but, um, you know, just, or Tuesday, right? Between classes, going to a common space and hanging out and talking to people or talking to people in your class about whatever it was you wanted to talk about or, you know, you're a sports fan, you get together and, and whatever, you're watching a game with some people. Like our kids had to lock down basically for hockey season in a community that wasn't set up to let them lock down. Um, they had to do everything to make sure like what basically the ha the problem with, with our sport was, you know, we're breathing on each other. We're on the benches together. You know, kids were wearing masks under their helmets for the most part, but it was impossible if somebody had COVID like, um, or tested positive, they were going to take out a significant portion of our team with close contacts. Most of our kids are roommates with other kids on our team. It was a, it was a crazy year. And, you know, I, we were very fortunate to say you college. Like we were one of the very, very few uh, teams in any sports anywhere, really, that didn't have to do like a 10-day pause or shut down because of exposures and things like that. Like my kids killed themselves to avoid uh, getting COVID or if there was a case or an exposure, like it was isolated. And so, right. um, but with that, um, we ended up in the playoffs at the end of the year. We had a great year, really, really young team. Um, but with some of the COVID rules and travel and minimum numbers of games and stuff, we end up playing essentially the best team in our league in the first round there at home, uh, Nazareth. And so um, kind of a, a, a tough break with how things worked out because we really were one of the best teams in the in the country, I thought, last year. And to get that team in the first round. Um, but uh, it was a great game. I uh, came down to the wire. But that was we, we went ahead in the second period on that one out of the penalty box. Heads up, tough play at, at the net with a with a shot block kick. Just came diving through and got a clear, and then her partner grabs the puck and and it's a really heads up play behind the goal line. Seeing a kid coming out of the box and hits her, and then the kid coming out of the box reads the play, jumps in to make it a two on one, um, you know, and, and give the the player with the puck a little bit more space to shoot. And and Erica is a sniper and. She did what she was really good at there. So you look at the women's game, that's pretty exciting. I mean, you put it on the average fan, you know, like it's not, you know, it's not rec hockey. It's not a men's league game for sure. Um, it, they are very, very good hockey players. Um, and that was, uh, you know, that that's showcased right there in that clip for sure. No, and, and that's right. The reason why I ended up putting it on there, because you have, you got the junior leagues now that are starting them. I mean, you have kids. Uh, when I go down to the Tampa Bay lightning games, you'll have like five-year-olds, six-year-olds. I mean, they're, they're getting into it and they're starting young and it's even good to hear like, who's their favorite player. And they'll, they'll name the player, you know, they'll name the position that they're playing, but it's great to see that you have both the men and women being successful. But again, it, it would be nice because we see, I mean, women are very competitive as far as even again, the WNBA, you can see it. They don't take it lightly. You know, that's that, that's one thing that they're very competitive on. With hockey, you can see the same thing too. But I just wish it was kind of just publicized a little bit more. That if yeah. you wanted, you know, and and you have all these different packages on TV today. You know, ESPN has, you know, like an NHL. And well, they're going to be an NHL package because now it's gone from NBC. But you have all these different associations that have all these different packages together. So why not put it out there so people can see, and then they can follow their favorite teammate. You know, whoever that that particular person is. And even though they may not see them for now until maybe the NHL one day will decide to make a women's hockey league, but it'd just be nice to see like a 
someone coming from, you know, their freshman year to high school, even playing, you know, as far as in their backyard and then finally being in high school, getting drafted to their favorite college, and then watching them grow and excel all the way through. And if, and even if you see them graduate, you know, you can just watch her like every little step, just like if she was, you know, one of your own family members. So that that's why I ended up bringing that up because I think it's, it's just, it's a lot of fun. And if anyone's joining us tonight, thank you guys. I see the comments coming in. Ducky, David, Joey B., uh, David Harris, I did see your comment with Steph Joyner. Uh, that was a good comment when you made to him on the show on Tuesday night. But we're live here from the LG Direct Sales Solutions Studios. With us tonight is Dave Clawson, the Utica D3 women's ice hockey coach and golf coach. And we'll get into golf here a little bit more. But I went into over to Fuji here because he's been waiting patiently to ask his question. Dave, in your years of coaching, can you see a female in any major sport of the four major sports playing in the NHL, NBA, Major League Baseball, or possibly the NFL someday? I mean, that's, that's a good question. Um, I mean, I, I mean, I, I think uh, you had Manon Rion uh, with our Stanley cup champion, Tampa Bay lightning back when they were just, just starting out right in training camp. And, um, and certainly held her own. And, and I would tell you right now that um, if I had to pick a position or a spot, right, where you could see a female make it at the highest level, um, you know, I think you'll see, I think the, the, the you could probably see a goalie, um, a female goalie make it in the NHL. Now, you know, one of the big things that strikes is right now with the way the game's played, such an advantage, right? The six foot five goalie that everybody wants. Um, and that's tough. There's just not a lot of females built that way. Um, but the gap, you know, between the best female goalies and the best men's goalies, it's, it's paper thin. There really are some very, very good female goalies. Um, it's not to take anything away from the great, great goalies in the NHL. And they're not there. And trust me when I say this, right? There's no one in the NHL that doesn't want to win. So if they feel like there's a female goalie out there that's going to win them a Stanley Cup, I mm. guarantee you they're going to sign them. Um, and, I, and I say that, you know, it's not a – nobody doesn't want to win. Nobody wants to push women down at that level. I, I can assure you of that. Um, there are some there are some pro women's leagues kind of – and it's, it's in early stages for sure, and there's some competing leagues, which probably isn't the most healthy thing right now for professional women's hockey. It's a tough gig. I've had a couple players go on to play from Utica College, uh, one with the Hartford Whale, and and then one uh, in in Boston with the Blades, and then they end up in Worcester. Um, and now she's with the Professional Women's Players Association, but um, which kind of tours, they played a game at Madison Square Garden that was televised up here, I don't know, but they kind of go around and play in some of the bigger rinks and have some good crowds. Uh, but here's the thing, right? And I'll say this about women's sports and men's sports. People do not value right now at the, the, the marketing level and the TV level, how good some of these women's sports games are and how entertaining they are. Um, I know everybody goes and talks about like the prof like at the, the U.S. national women's soccer team and compares them to the men's team. The men's players are getting paid more, but the women's team selling out arenas and having much, much better TV deals and, and much more viewership on TV. Um, that's a legit thing that's coming in other sports. Like uh, I saw and, and right, I saw it on Facebook, so it has to be true, right? I didn't fact check this at all. Right. But I saw um, today that the NCAA uh, 
softball tournament had almost a million more viewers than the baseball tournament did. Wow. Division one. I saw, I saw that wow. too. I think I'm pretty sure that's correct. Well, I can, oh, I can, well, Nick, just fact check that. Stamp it. I wouldn't lie on, we'll on your show. Stamp it. Stamp it. But I'm going to back that up that that's true. And I'm a huge baseball fan. Right. I watched a ton of those softball games. I don't watch, I, I watched one baseball game. Oh, and my daughter got it, Nick. The entertainment level, like if I watch it, it better be entertaining. Like that's me. Like I don't give, I don't, whatever it is, as long as it's entertaining, I'll watch it. And those softball games were fantastic. You know, and then you see and you, you talk to coaches and like the softball, they were forced to play a game. Like one team was forced to play a game at like 11 o'clock at night and and then go back to their hotel. They had like four or five hours at their hotel to sleep. And then they had to be back at the field to play the next day because they didn't want to push the tournament an extra day because of money. And they've got a million more viewers or something like that. 500,000 more. Average. Is that what it was? So, yeah. So yeah. I would I, but you, you have to, when you ask me, and I'll say this, right? There's no way that a men's baseball team at the division one level would do that or be asked to do that or a basketball team, right? In the NCAA men's tournament, because of right. a delay would be asked to turn around and play the next day with four hours of rest. They'd lose their minds. Right. And, and the, the female athletes are asked to do it all the time. And they're always they're, They are given less, at that level, it's insane to me at that level. And I would much rather watch that softball game than the baseball game. That's that's my take on that. Um, I don't want to get into too serious of topics here. but um, Well, my daughter's 16 and plays volleyball for a travel team. She just came back from Orlando. And, you know, I've been to tournaments, you know, upstate, down Jersey. You know, and these, these girls play their hearts out. I mean, they play from 8 a.m. all the way up to maybe eight o'clock, depending on the round robins. But, you know, they put their heart and soul. I mean, I've seen Jenny Finch, I mean, a hell of a softball player, just the way she guns at softball. And, you know, these girls, these female athletes are amazing. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'll say this, they even put some of them in the shame. I mean, they play with the heart. They got the heart, the talent. You know, I could see a female one of the four major sports within the next couple of years. I mean, and, and I, you know, when you say the four majors, hockey, basketball, um, baseball, baseball, football, why not? Yeah. They got, I mean, it, they got the heart, the talent. There's some sports where they're already made it, right? I mean, we've seen women playing PGA Tour events. Right. And, like, I mean, they, we haven't seen them win yet, but when you only have one in the field, it's a little bit of pressure to say, oh, you got to win. Right. But, but they're not coming in last either. Wow. Um, you know, and that's Michelle Wee. And, I mean, like, listen, she didn't dominate the ladies' tour. Right. Um, and she did well. And, and Annika, right. She did well. Um, so, so there's there, I mean, like, listen, there's certainly some physical attributes, right? Like some of the major sports where, you're, you know, you're at a disadvantage if you're not six, five and whatever. Right. And there's not a lot of women that are built six, five, right. That's just a fact. So it, it narrows the field and makes it tough to compete. Not a lot of men built six, five. Either, I, right? I just, my, I just say a comment one day. Mm -hmm. so, and, but, than later. But, but I just don't see, you know, and, and my argument there is you can make, I mean, I mean if, if women's sports are entertaining, they are no, they're they very, are. very entertaining. And, and I think people dismiss the women's sports entertainment value. And if you watch the, the highest, like watch an Olympic, you watch USA play Canada in the Olympics and women's hockey, 
yeah. on the next time it comes around. I agree. You're going to be impressed. Like you watch a regular season NHL game and you watch that game, you're going to be like, these girls are 10 times tougher than these guys. Um, and that, you know, and that's, it is what it is, right? They're, they're putting their hearts out there in that moment, and that's entertaining. That's why this, the, the, the World Series and stuff. I would rather watch a World Series women's softball than game 52 of an NHL hockey season. That's a, that's the truth, right? Right. Um, and because you get to, I mean, Major League Baseball, right? You know. You, you know, the ratings are on Major League Baseball right now. Terrible. And it's all, listen, pro sports, and it's a business, and you got to get it, and it's money. Like, you do the math. NHL, the Flyers play. I, I was looking at this, like, a couple days ago. The Flyers play 41 home games, and, and they have about the same number of fans through the gate as um, as the Eagles do in eight home games, right? right. So ticket sales being what they are. But then the TV deals – yeah, you know, about the NHL TV deal and not how great they did. Like they're going to get, I mean, maybe like five hundred million dollars a year right now with their TV deals. The NFL is getting one point one billion dollars on Thursday nights, you know, um, and college world series, you know, and 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 a professional women's softball league can't make it. Um, it to me, it's just crazy. I think that there's boring games. Short some of the professional seasons so that there's some room for some other things. Is what it is. Look, uh, look at the ratings for cornhole. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah not, that's just, true. I mean, a lot of people are tuning into that. It's just, yeah. Listen, I I I'd play it. I'd watch it. I'd tune into it's it. Fun to play. Know? Yeah. It's amazing. It's amazing. It would be. And uh, by the way, just to fill you in, Dave. So Joey B. Uh, one of our, our, our comedian fans out there, and, and he's always fun. David as well. I mean, everybody who, who tunes in, it's a lot of fun. But Joey B loves to go back and forth with uh, with Fuji, and he kind of follows it up with he wish he was a great street uh, hockey goalie. So and Joey B is out there in Colorado, and, and he is he actually is also a hockey coach as well. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm glad that Joey's able to tune in uh, when he can because I know he's always busy with his kids. But um, the one thing mm-hmm. that I will say, because I, I know Nick has a question as well, when have you guys? What's how can I? If you guys were were to win a championship, like it, let, let's say this season everything works out fine, everything else, would there be any kind of maybe cigar celebrations, but without smoking the cigars? What do you mean? Like if we won a championship, would we celebrate? Yeah. Where where would you get your cigars? Where is what it's asking? Where would you get? Well, I'm I'm not a big cigar smoker, but um, I don't know. You guys, I'm sure you guys have a recommendation for me, right? That we do, and it is Goose's Monte Cristo and Tobacco. You can find them out there at 250 West Ridge Pike. They have every cigar, Monte Cristos, you name it. They they have, and and I I say because we are. uh, That's our media partner. Is uh is Goose and Goose has I mean he has a great selection of cigars. You can go to cigargoose.com and just take a look at it. And as we said to other guests before, even if you win, let's say this year you guys you guys end up winning your championship, we can always send you a cigar of choice, whatever it is. Just what. put it up there on the case and just say, even if you don't smoke it, just know that it came from Gooses. So Gooses. I yeah. should pick that up a little quicker. I'm I was a little slow on the update. Hey. Uh, <laughs> hey, you're all good. I'm a hockey coach, we're not that sharp, but uh Listen, I'll tell you right now, we're going to – I'm letting my team know like Gooses is in, and um, we won a championship this year. We're, we're celebrating with some Goose cigars. Yeah. 
Very nice. Very good. And and by all means, let you know as the season progresses, you can either you can come back on, even if it's a quick five minutes, just give an, up, an update of what you guys are doing, so we can follow right along because we're all going to become fans here, even if we didn't follow the team beforehand. Because it's always good to connect with someone. And once you connect with that coach and you know you guys end up building like everything else, building that relationship, it's always fun to share with everyone else the success you guys are having. So by all means, you know, it, this doesn't end tonight. So, you know, bring your friends. If, if the women want to come on and they want to talk a little bit as far as how the season progressed. And, and what's it? Uh, Nick, help me out here. What's the – we what's can do the, the hard knocks of – no, the hard knocks of, uh, of hockey. Oh. Oh, that would yeah. be, yeah. be incredible. We yeah. could do women's college hockey hard knock show. <laughs> Broadstreet <laughs> South, it sounds perfect, right? It sounds perfect. It sounds right. seller to me. Oh, we'll get some cigars good. going. It'll be good. It'll be good. Absolutely. Absolutely. Good. Co- Coach, I want to I want to ask you a little bit about your coaching. You mentioned your players that you've got while you're there. What is your relationship like with them after they leave? Uh, it, it, it varies, and I'll be honest with you. Like, there's some really good ones, um, some great relationships are certainly uh, – one exciting day for me always, and it comes just about every year, is, you know, you get an invitation to a wedding um, or, or whatever it may be. Um, and those are always exciting to stay connected. Um, it, you know, there's – I'm on the phone at least least once a week with an alumni um, for sure. Um, so so we're pretty connected. Um, you know, and, and I've been fortunate just to have a great group of, of players come through and go on to do good things afterwards and – um, you know, I, I've, I've got a few that are, are head hockey coaches at other colleges right now that have played for me. And that's always an exciting game. Um, just hanging out with them beforehand and, and, and shooting shit or, or, or talking after the games, whatever, um, over what, what we could have done this way or that way. And, and then them telling me, Hey, remember when I was in college and you told me blah, 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 you know, and it's, it's always, they're, they're always good. So like, the relationships are great. Um, you know, like I said, I, you know, in the beginning, I said, I think, you know, coaching is about relationships, right? Like no matter what, you know, um, you know, I, I could be, you know, the, the greatest hockey coach, the smartest exes and most person in the world or the dumbest. It doesn't, doesn't matter a ton. If you have relationships, kids want to win. They're going to, they're going to go find a way, you know? And, um, you know, it, it, so it is, and it's, and it's buy-in, right? If you have four kids that are trying to do one thing and one kid that's doing something else, um, it doesn't matter. I, again, I know what the right thing is to do. I, it's, I got to get them to do it. And it's easier to get them to do when you have good relationships, um, treat people the right way, be respectful, but demanding. So, and that's, and that's the goal. And, I, and listen, that's not a secret. Like, that's not my secret. That's every college coach will tell you that. Um, you want to be successful, you better have good relationships with your athletes because – it's a, it's a it's a crazy age, um, and it's an age where sometimes, especially today, conforming and and things like that aren't the easiest things. Aren't always the first thing they're taught. You know, growing up, um, sometimes you're rewarded for rebelling and being an individual and whatnot. So we're we're kind of in in the world of trying to trying to get people to kind of be good teammates and and. Uh, ultimately good coworkers, right? Because it's a very, very small percentage of these college athletes that do anything professionally as athletes, right? So that's a big part, whether it's me or it's Bayheim at Syracuse with basketball or uh, Alabama football, like we see whoa, guys. Whoa, 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 Yeah, you had me at the Syracuse basketball, but Alabama football, I'm, I'm a Clemson Tigers student, so I, 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 I had to be. But do you know any of the guys on the team there? Um, I've ran into a couple, 
but I, I've yet to meet any of them. Personally. So my guess is if you've met five of them, probably all five won't make the NFL. Right. Oh, yeah. probably, probably. Right. So they're, they're getting a degree at Clemson just like you are. Right. And they're going to have to have their own, you know, TV show. Yeah. Whatever it is that they're going to do down the road, yeah. job, lawyer, go to grad school and, and contribute to society in a, in a great way. So part of our, our job, right. We're educators, whether, you know, we always get tied up in winning and losing. We're educators. We're trying to make make good people out of the, the kids we get. So you create a relationship, and then you try to use the relationship to mold them and make them yeah. understand how to see all the way around the all the way the all the way around the wheel, so to speak, and um, you know understand like, hey, like what I do affects what this person next to me can do, and what that person next to me can do. Right? You guys got your show. If one of you guys is a jerk, it's not going to work. Right? You know, you guys all have, to to have fun. Everybody's got to ask the right questions at the right time or it doesn't work. And, you know, if you want to be, if one of you guys wants to be the whole show, it doesn't work out that, that well. Exactly. Not not just are you a coach, you're a father figure, you know, a friend above all else. Like you yeah. said, you have alumni calling you and like asking your opinion, like what they should do, where they should go in life, just to yeah. get your opinion. Because, you know, some – Man or woman, they don't have a father figure or a mother figure today in their lives. One of the things you're talking about relationships with a woman, one of the more meaningful moments was um, a few years back, I had a player um, whose father wasn't in the picture with, with her family. She went through ROTC um, to pay for college and, and play, and, and was a captain. It was a great player and a great person. Um, but at the end, of, she had a pinning ceremony with her army stuff. Where, where I, I think I'm not even—I don't even remember exactly what it was, but it was it was a very, very big deal. And and um, she asked me to come and to her pinning ceremony and, and put the pin on her. And I was, I was sure you know, that'd be great. I'd love to do that for you. And I'm there, and I, and I just realized all the way down the line, it was all fathers. Every single one was a father, and then it was me, right, for her. So, and that's just kind of—it's an exciting opportunity and moment where you're like, wow. I'm the person she picked to stand in in that moment. So very um, nice, and, and so he's happy nice. to do it, right? Happy to do it. So that's kind of you're right. It's you an honor, you know. Like you said, the father wasn't in her life, and she asked you, which is you know amazing on your part. You know, to want to step in to do that. Yeah, well, there's no baseball on that afternoon, so I, I just. <laughs> <laughs> hey, coach, I want to I want to ask you about you, you. You mentioned earlier about how I've probably met five times football players, and none of them will go pro. I actually did uh, run into DJ Uyunglele once. He's the starting quarterback at Clemson. He definitely will go pro. But I wanted to ask you your thoughts on the NIL. Though? What will he be a starter? How much do you think he'll make in the NFL? Oh, he's, I think go. he's going to be the number one pick in in two years' time. He's two years time, pick. number one pick. 20. Yeah, but so I want to ask you on NIL, like name, name, image, and likeness that came yeah. in July first. Have you spoken with, with your athletes about that? Like, what are your thoughts on the whole name, image, and likeness thing? Oh, well, I think it's overdue, right? I think it's it's the right thing to do. Um, you know, I'm I'm not big on college having colleges having to pay players. I think people miss the boat sometimes that especially like a small D3, like, you know, we, we have ticket revenue and things like we don't make a ton of money, right? Like right. it's not, that's not really why we're doing it. Um, you know, Clemson football makes some money, um, but, but we don't, 
So it, it makes the rich richer in, in those cases and things like that. But I, I think that makes so much sense, right? Like I own my face. I should be able to sell my face, right? Um, you know, and it's a lot like the professional athletes like used to be in football, right? You couldn't do a lot of different things and, and uh, they own that, right? So why, because I'm playing for the, in the NCAA, why should I lose my opportunity to, to make money on my likeness? Why should I lose the opportunity? I mean, remember for years, like they were limited, like college athletes were limited in what they could do in the summers to make money. And it, it's just been crazy. Um, and at the end of the day, like, uh, you know, it, if, if, if you're, if you're a great athlete and, and your face has some recognition and somebody wants to, to, to pay you or, or whatever for that, to, to sell something or market something or be a part of something. Um, like I know, um, a program I'm familiar with had some issues where, um, they had some players likenesses were used for, uh, a live United kind of commercial up here for the United way. Right. <laughs> it ended up violating some NCAA rules and, you know, there were some things that had to be done and, and some risks got slapped, et cetera. But, you know, you think about it and you're like, really? Um, and uh, so, yeah, so I, I think it's overdue. I've had a couple of players reach out. The biggest one I think is there's a, I mean, you guys probably, are, I don't know if you've ever heard of this company called Barstool. Yeah. Um, yep. A lot of Barstool sports. Yeah. Yes. So they have a thing like a Barstool athlete thing. And I think the, the athlete compensation for being in that as a t-shirt or something like that um, to, to say that they're a barstool athlete, maybe on social media. Don't ask me all the details. I'm that's, we have a compliance person that deals with that, right. but, uh, but I've definitely been asked that question there. And, and that's kind of been, you know, the jumping off point with a few kids. And I, and I'm sure like, you know, like we're, we're in a day and age too, where like Instagram's a thing and there's, there's people that are making money there and, and in other different places. Um, you know, and, and, uh, so it is what it is. Like, you know, and I, and I think it's, it's great. You know, you can do your thing and be you. And, and if you have the ability in today's world to make money on your face or whatever it may be, um, you, your name, you should be allowed to do that. Right. Like we shouldn't, you know, you're, you're a hot commodity. Yeah. You, you're the leading scorer at Utica college, whatever. So your name is out there in the papers and things like that. And then there's a local company that wants to use your name to sell their product and they want to compensate you for that. Like you should be allowed to do that. You shouldn't be told you can't because well, the NCAA owns you. That's, that's what it is. Of course. I mean, to me, I just think it's a disgrace. It's been long overdue for years. I mean, programs, mm -hmm. you know, with violations and, you know, these athletes should be paid. I mean, these colleges are making a ton of money off them. It's a disgrace. It's about damn time they get paid. Well, I'll, the first I'll one to say. Rolling, but um, I, I, because you miss and people miss it a lot, right? There's a very, very small portion of what's out there for colleges that are making money, right? And it's really only football and basketball on the mm -hmm. men's side, right? And that's it, right? Like you said, your daughter plays volleyball. Right. Nobody's making money on volleyball at the NCAA level. That's no. not happening, right? Um, and so uh, who's making money and who's not, it starts to get very, very difficult, especially with Title IX and gender equity and all those different things as to where money's gonna go and who gets paid. And I think people too forget, like we, 
you get a you get a college scholarship, right? That's can be seventy thousand dollars a year some places, right? To to play football or to play mm -hmm. basketball. You're getting a free education for for those of us that had student loans and had to pay off student loans for ten years after they were done graduating college. And some people, you know, like, have that for free like that. You're you are being compensated by the schools, right. but leveling the playing field on what what you can and can't pay people, I think is is probably right from a competitive standpoint. Certainly, like I get it, right? Clemson, LSU, Alabama, Texas, Florida, Notre Dame. They probably do make a lot of money on ticket sales at football games and can afford to play their football players. Right. Um, but who gets paid? How much they get paid? You know, what happens? What? When can they be drafted by the NFL? So is college football now the minor leagues? Are they getting paid? Um, you know, come to Notre Dame because we're going to get you a better job. You're going to get paid more. I guess that's that's ultimately a thing. Is it a business from that standpoint? It's above my pay grade. I just coach hockey. Um, but I do think people realize and, and, and don't always realize that how many college athletes there are out there and how few of them are actually generating revenue for their institutions. So it does get mixed in it. Yes, there's a very valid point, right? You watch uh, you watch Syracuse basketball on TV. There's five guys that are very recognizable on the court. They're making money for Syracuse, for sure. Um, and uh, you sell out the Carrier Dome for a basketball game. Yeah, you, you got a valid point. Um, they are being compensated one way. Could they be compensated more? That's a, that's a good conversation that could be had. Um, don't go on the NCAA could do some different things for sure. Um, I'm not. I don't agree with everything they do. That that is for sure. But it, it does get tricky when people say, "Hey, college athletes should get paid." And there's only some of them that are actually valuable. That well, it's just been going on for years with all the, you know. Schools mm -hmm. getting caught and violating this and doing that. And you know, you're 20, 20 years old, and somebody throws you a nice sports car or $50,000 in cash. Like, you know, you don't have a job. Like, I know I would take it. Who wouldn't? I mean, you're yeah. 20 years old, 18 years old, 19, whatever. You guys saw that SMU special, right? Eric Dickerson, mm -hmm. right? The car and all that. Yeah. I mean, like, listen. Um, I recall it. So, yeah, but I mean, like, yeah, you're, 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 I, don't get me wrong, right? What was it? Uh, um, Florida State, was it Florida State or Florida? Florida State went through a bunch of stuff not too long ago. And it turned out the NCAA, right? Like, mm -hmm. they were right. completely unethical in how they were investigating Florida State football. So, uh, does it really clear Florida State of wrongdoing? I, mean, I don't know. That's a different question. But, yeah, it's very, very complicated. Um, I'm always a big one, like just for me personally. Too many rules is a bad thing. Um, and uh, I certainly think the NCAA sometimes misses the boat with all of the rules that they have. Trying to trying to control and keep everything fair, sometimes you, you miss the boat. Uh, I want to switch gears here for a little bit because I know you're also not only a golf coach, but also a golf addict. And I wanted to see if, if, by any chance, did you happen to catch any of the match between uh, Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady? How do you miss that, right? Right. Yeah, no. Listen, and, and the timing for that one, when it came out, was great because there wasn't a lot of sports going on. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and so everybody was like, hey, listen, I'd love to see. Um, you know, it was it was Peyton Manning, right, and Tom Brady, um, Bill and Tiger. Those were the four. No, that was from – 
from the year before. So Last this year. year yeah. yeah. So they did one on Tuesday. It was yeah, Aaron Rodgers and Bryson DeChambeau against Tom Brady Mickelson. and Phil Mickelson. Yeah. Okay. So I missed it. So, um, but uh, what was you said it was on Tuesday? So I got a ninth grader who's a baseball player, an eighth grader who plays softball and, and ice hockey, um, and, and she plays field hockey as well. And then I got a seventh grader who plays baseball. So on a Tuesday night, I'm probably in a, in a lawn chair at a baseball field somewhere watching watching a low level. Respect. Right. It's a, it's a good thing, but it, there's a funny promo because they had the professional promo they brought up because they wanted, of course, get the people on, watch them, obviously, mm-hmm. because it, it was for charity as well to raise as much money as they possibly can. Mm-hmm. But they did actually have a funny one that I want to share with everybody because I don't know if everybody was able to catch this one. But this one, I think, was – I think the Shambo had some a lot to kind of do with this promo here. That's something that you rarely see because Tom Brady has become a little more relaxed since uh, obviously winning a Super Bowl down here in Tampa Bay. But it, it's funny to see him a little more relaxed, you know, having a little more fun. Phil Mickelson as well because he's he's determined. I, I will say it, the, the man's reaches fifties and he's determined to win another one. But you know, it was fun. I, I like the promo. I think they did a pretty good job there. And and Aaron Rodgers was asked by Charles Barkley. And he said, "Hey, I'm not going to tell you. I, I won't say anything to anybody." But can you let me know, you know, what you're planning to do with, uh, you know, as far as your season? And of course, no one knew because at that time, then the cameras went away. So, but Charles Barkley did tell him that he'll buy him dinner, as he always does, anyways. That he will buy him dinner. So none, none of us are going to know. We're all going to find out what Aaron Rodgers is going to do when, when Aaron Rodgers decides to do what he wants to do. So, mm-hmm. but I just thought that the promo itself was uh, was a lot of fun. Uh, Rick says he looks like Stephen Stamkos with teeth. <laughs> <So> <laughs> And, uh, I was, as a as a hockey goalie growing up, so early generation of being allowed to wear masks, so I was able to actually keep all my teeth. I got the I got a, a there's a big scar right here under my chin where a stick went under my helmet, and I got stitches at one point. But um, yeah, I got these are all mine. It's not a not not that common. You see that in the hockey world, right? No, that's true. And I, I'm going to come back, David. I know you had a question earlier. I'm going to come back to it. Joey followed up with here. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Let me go back to this one first. He says, uh, Coach Dave, good show tonight. Uh, good guess. And he follows it up with Coach Dave, thoughts on what USA Hockey is doing to grow the women's game here in the U.S. on the junior level. Yeah. So I've got uh, I got an eighth grade daughter. She's a 14, 14 year old hockey player. She was fortunate this year. Um, a little team out of Rome, New York. One goalie, which she was, 10 players. Um, they won the state championship here in New York. They were able to go to Denver, Colorado, and play in the national championship that uh, that USA Hockey put together um, every year. USA Hockey does a ton to grow to grow women's hockey. Um, one of the people that places and organizations does right is USA Hockey. I mean, they right now they have festivals going on out in Minnesota where they bring the best uh, 14, 15, 16, 17, and 18 year old 
female players together and, and they bring like six teams worth of kids in from different states and different areas to them together. They bring in college coaches to run practices for them to develop and grow the game with the thoughts that those kids will go back to the teams that they're from and, and teach the kids, you know, take lessons that they learn from that week in the summertime back also helps grow and develop their national team for Olympic events, U18 events, U22 events, um, national type stuff. So uh, USA hockey and then USA hockey. I don't know if you guys remember kind of you know, women's hockey is not always in the, the, the forefront uh, media wise, but they threatened to strike uh, yeah. a couple years ago and, and USA hockey responded and um, our national team players get paid. Um, so it's a, it's a USA hockey. Uh, I think it's fair to say at this, at this juncture, um, I'm sure nothing, you know, I'm not one of the players at that level, so I, I, I can't speak to the players. Um, but my impression is that they're doing a very, very good job um, at the national level. And we just won an Olympic gold. We've won a lot of world championships lately at the women's levels. Um, and then they have the ADM for, for, for boys and girls right now, which just goes around in, in areas and helps to grow the game. Uh, and then hockey is a sport, too, where for the most part the kids – play together uh, until they're 12. There are some 12 and under girls teams that are separate, but there's a lot of mixed teams at the, at the younger levels. Um, and then as they grow, I mean, everything that USA Hockey does for the boys with national championships and state championships and districts and stuff like that, they do for the women as well. Um, and so USA Hockey, I, 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 you know, air high five to them. Um, they do it right, I think, with women's hockey and growing the game. Uh, and, and I and I think, you know, I mean, I have a lot of friends that live north of the border in Canada mm-hmm. and maybe work in coaching down here, but USA Hockey is better than Hockey Canada right now. So have that. Chew on that. Let me know what you think. Yes, sounds good to me. I, I can't wait. That's like <clears> – <throat> I will say there's there's certain obviously Olympic sports that I look forward to. Some other ones I don't watch every single one. Um, obviously, and then we got the time difference. Then you already know what's going on because it's a twelve hours ahead thing. And it, by that point, it's like, all right, well, why am I going to watch now? And I, I basically know what's going on. Um, but I, as far as the women's hockey, love that's one thing I absolutely love to see in the Olympics. The shame that we only get to see it on national TV every four years. But again, we'll see what ends up happening. But uh, the one thing that, that we're going to talk about tonight, which I, I want to say it, it's time to get down to the business with that one. Let's get down. Let's get down to business. When it comes down to the Tampa Bay Lightning, once again, last night, and a uh, Fuji, Dave, do not let him fool you, okay? He's huge. He, he loves the Flyers, don't get me wrong. Huge, huge Lightning fan. But this was the final seconds last night during the, the Lightning game, and we hoped as my producer, Debbie, and I were down there um, – What's today? Thursday. We were down here on Monday night, and we're hoping to see it close in front of the, the hometown fans. Even mm-hmm. though they were in Montreal, we were just we it just the energy in that place was absolutely insane. But this was the final seconds last night at the Amelie Arena. Yeah!
Now, one thing I will say, obviously, with with the Lightning, again, we know that this team's going to be broken up. It, it, is, it is it's inevitable, unfortunately. Cooper's doing a phenomenal job with the Tampa Bay Lightning. Love the Flyers are going to be wrong because, of course, I am from Philadelphia. Um, it's when you adapt into another team here, you see what's been going on. And I've even been watching the Lightning while I was back in Philly as well because Cooper's been doing it, uh, just a fantastic job. We go back just two seasons ago when they were swept out with Columbus Blue Jackets that no one saw it coming. You, know, you almost kind of thought, well, is Cooper going to be let go now because of, of what had happened? And then he turns around next year. We didn't see COVID coming, but he takes it to put up to Canada, wins in the bubble, then comes back, tells his guys we're going to do it again, but this time we're going to do it for our hometown fans. And they're able to pull out the victory last night. And even though it was one goal, Vasilevsky gets the Smythe trophy uh, for MVP. It was going to be between him and Braden Point because Braden Point had nine straight games where he had scored at least a goal. And if, I think if Braden Point would have kept going the way he was going, it, it was between the both of them. But I think Braden Point may have edged out as far as we came to Vass. But, I mean, great job by the Temple Lightning. You would never see in our lifetime. It's hard to do it. And the one thing I will say, all jokes aside, I'm glad that they knocked the Penguins off that pedestal because the Penguins were the last ones to win it back-to-back. So it's nice to see that the Penguins no longer have that reign for the longest. But yeah. it was just – it was so it was good to see this game, the way they end up playing around. Um the season itself, how they, I mean, just the teams they had to get to to get to that point. I'm just hoping come next year because you're always going to have the people that are going to say, well, they play the same teams 10 times this year. It wasn't the same, blah, blah, blah. Well, that's the way the NHL decided to do it because Canada decided, well, we're going to play on the Western side of the U.S. because they weren't allowing people going back and forth. So they did what they had to do. But to repeat for a third time, it's going to be absolutely nuts. Big, long road for Cooper and company, but we also know that Seattle has their expansion team and they're just going to start plugging players from the NHL. I hope that the Flyers can get back there because it seemed like the Flyers were on that road prior to COVID. They were on fire. I was supposed to go to the game that night here in Tampa. Unfortunately, it didn't work out that way. Then we thought this year, the Flyers would pick up where they left off last year. Not even the case, nor even remotely from what they were beforehand. So I don't know what's going to happen with the Flyers. I know that, speaking of, because I know David Harris had a question. I will bring that up. I was actually saving it because of that reason. And he asked, because since Tampa has won back-to-back, so what do the Flyers have to do to become a Stanley Cup contender? And I, I truthfully don't have too much of an answer for that one, Dave. You can probably help me out when it comes to the Flyers. But the organization, now especially now that the, the late, great Snyder, you know, Dan Snyder has, has moved on, um, and God bless him up in heaven, but – the organization doesn't seem the same clout that it used to have beforehand. And in their farm system, if I remember correctly too, it's not where it was once before. So as David said, in your opinion, what do you think is going to end up, what do the Flyers need in order to be contenders that they used to be before? And will we see them maybe possibly finally win a division come next year? Yeah. I mean, I think the NHL is a league where um, you, you've got to draft very well. Uh, that that's key. You got to draft and then you have to develop the players that you draft. And I think some of the flyer struggles this year were some of their younger core guys, maybe not having, having great years. You know, I think you you never want to blame one guy. Um, Obviously Carter Hart, you know, didn't have the year that I think people expected out of him. And um, we're, we're seeing some guys, um, 
like Shane Gothspear, not be the guy that they thought he was, you know, a, a year or two ago. So, um, and, and that, and that's inevitable, right? Um, you know, and then in hockey, right? Like anything, it takes a little bit of luck with injuries and staying healthy and, and being healthy at the right times. Um, you know, I, I, I mean, honestly, I, I I, I have a lot of respect for Tampa Bay's organization. I think they've been very, very good for quite a while now. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a big testament to, to how they draft and how they develop um, and the job that Coop does uh, with the team there. Um, he really uh, he gets a lot out of those guys. They certainly have a way that they do things, right? And um, they're not a major market. You know, they're not the most expensive payroll in the NHL. Right. Um, they're not up against the uh, – the, the salary cap every year. So they're, they're a very good franchise and they, and they do it right. And that's the, the way with the business models these days, I think in a lot of different sports is you better draft well, you better develop well. Younger players are cheaper than older players. Um, so if you draft well, you develop well, you get the most out of your young guys, you're going to be successful. And I think that's what the flyers have to do is they kind of got to figure out with their younger guys right now, how to get a little more out of them and make sure, I mean, we can't make mistakes like Sam Moore, right. Um, or, or we're going to, we're going to struggle as a franchise. No, it's true. And, and I want to bring up also, as we're talking about here about the lightning, um, if anyone missed Cooch's post-game interview, it was absolutely hilarious. And we actually have it here. So if you did miss it, listen to Cooch. What we, I mean, it's here. Let Cooch take it away. If you have a question, we'll start with Joe Smith, the athletic. Joe, let's hear it. <laughs> Just, uh, <laughs> how would you describe your congratulations? Uh, how would you describe your emotions right now after doing what you guys did? I, I, I don't know what to say. Uh, back to back, and yeah, you know, I I couldn't sleep for three nights. You know, and uh, to be able to win this game is huge. Wasi was outstanding, MVP. I was telling him every day, Wasi, you MVP, you you're the best player. And then they gave it to whatever the guy. In Vegas, the Vezina, and then last year they, they gave Vezina to somebody else. Number one bull, number one bull. Vice took both cups, you know. And he took MVP, and I was keep telling him he's MVP. He's the guy that he's the best. You know, he was on his head today, and you know he kept us in the game. And another shout out for by him, remarkable. Can't even tell more. I'm so happy we. I didn't want to go back to Montreal, but they acted, the fans in Montreal, come on. They acted like they won the Stanley Cup last game. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? John Romano, they, Tampa they, Bay Times. Their final was last, last series. Okay. It's, listen, that's hilarious. No matter which way you look at it, it's hilarious. Cooch is, he's something else. And, and it's good to see these guys. When, it, when, when the game's over, the season's over, you can say whatever you want to say. You're the defending champs. And you're defending back-to-back champions. So Montreal, you know, we know there's people that love the Habs out there. A lot of people I know in, up in it, upstate New York where you are, 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 you know, you have a lot of Canadian teams, whether it's, you know, the Winnipeg Jets. Montreal, I understand there's a huge following up there um, in, in upstate New York. But listen, they had fun. They did what they had to do to close it out. Uh, you know, the parade is on Monday. That's going to be fun to go to. You know, my producer and I went into it last year, had a lot of fun. I've never seen a championship parade on the water, but I will say it was, it took forever because they were supposed to have gotten to where we were at Armature Works, I believe by 6 p.m. 
They didn't get there until 8.30 because they were partying so much by the convention center that they just kept circling around and circling around and eventually made their way downstream, you know, through the river and, and finally get to where we were. But, it, I mean, it was just – it was so much fun. Now, if I had to compare it to a, a championship back in Philadelphia, I will say the first one when the Phillies won the 1980 World Series, unlike the 2008 one, because people were just – like they were finally coming out of their shells because Tampa, great town – Great city. The fan base, kind of a little slow to come around. They do now, as far as for Tampa Bay Lightning, by all means, just about a sellout every single game. A lot of fun under Emily Arena. Rays I feel bad for because if the Yankees and the Red Sox come down, that's when they sell out because you got more Red Sox-Yankees fans than you do Rays fans. Last year during the playoffs, finally the fans started showing up, but again, we saw what ended up happening with the Rays. But, I mean, these guys – I love the NHL players, and I, and I don't think there's anything better. And and Dave, you can maybe agree with me or not. There's nothing better in in any sport. Obviously, in the NFL, you wait for a Vince Lombardi Trophy to get there. But when you see the Stanley Cup, it's being hoisted over these guys' heads. On top of hoisting over your head, you're going around the rink, you know, celebrating with the fans. But that picture at the very end, with the Stanley Cup in the middle and all the players on the ice, there I, to me, there's nothing better. Than a Stanley Cup championship. I don't care what team that you root for, but there's nothing better than that moment because you got to think about it as a child. And a lot of these guys who play in Canada, they play in Russia, that's the moment they've been waiting for. And it, it's just got to be exhilarating. I mean, I think, um, you know, the, the, the NHL hockey season is probably the most grueling, in my opinion, uh, professional sports season that there is. You play 82 games uh, and they're full contact, right? Like, you're, you're getting hit like you would in a football season, right? They play 16 games, you play 82. It's just a different world. And then you grind through the playoffs. The regular season, it's it's three games a week, basically. Right. You get to the playoffs and you go two in a row, day off, two in a row, day off, game, game. You know what I mean? It's it's what those guys go through. Like, you talk about, oh, so-and-so was hurt. Yeah, no duh. Everybody was hurt. Tell me so-and-so wasn't hurt and I will be – surprised at the or playing with something at the at the end of an NHL playoff playoff run. What those guys go through it's it's crazy. And and I will tell you that the personalities in a hockey rink and on a hockey team, um, the chemistry that it takes to to win at that level, you have to have these just great guys, right? You don't win with jerks. It just doesn't happen, right? With your teammates, right? They go on the ice, yeah, you're jerks to the other team for sure. But you have to have that camaraderie. Everybody's got to be bought in and um and you look at like a guy like like Kucherov, like I mean, come on, like how can you not watch that interview and be like, I want to be that guy's teammate, right? Like I want, right, guys. I mean, I don't know if you saw the full version, but like, I mean, I think he goes through like three beers while he's doing the thing. He just keeps yeah. him open and talking and answering questions, and he's like, I, I really don't care. I'm just going to celebrate and have a good time, and I'm going to tell you what's on my mind right now. Um, no holds barred, and I'm sure he's like that. 365 in the locker room. I mean, maybe not with the beers, but you know, he tells guys how it is. He's honest. Um, he's right. Like, uh, like, like their goal is ridiculous, right? Like he is the best player in the league right now. He deserved the con Smythe. He got it. Um, mm -hmm. I don't care. Right. Like, um, I'm privy to with my job, right? Like we can look, I can look at all the stats and all the analytics and everything. The five game series, I think scoring chances were, 63 to 57 yeah. that's pretty darn close right in our game that's that's very very close so if you said to me a couple years ago hey stanley cup finals 
scoring chance is going to be 63 to 57. And one of the teams has Kerry Price in that. Who's going to win that, that turn, that, that, that championship? <laughs> Whoever has Kerry Price. Yeah. It, close. it wasn't even close. Those two weren't even close. So, um, yeah, like my hats are definitely, you know, is, is uh, Tampa Bay is legit. Um, if, I don't know. I got nothing else. <laughs> they're 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 good, and um and these are and I know right. People say they're going to lose some guys. They're going to lose some guys for sure. I wouldn't bet against Tampa Bay next year. No, and, and same here. It's a, it's a shame because it's it's a last time. Come Monday, obviously this weekend they're going to party. They're going to celebrate. Come Monday they're going to have their championship parade. Uh, they're also going to be down. So if if those are tuning in from the Tampa Bay area. Uh, it starts at 10 o'clock. We're going to start loading them up on the boats by the convention center. By 11 o'clock, uh, Mayor Jane Castor said they're hoping to get them down river over by Armature Works. They'll get off at Ricketts on the water, uh, which is around the corner from Armature Works, and then they'll take a short bus ride over to Julian B. Lane Park, and that's where they'll have the bigger celebration at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. So might be a lot of people calling out sick on Monday. Just saying, they could have been there over the weekend, saved a lot of people from calling out sick, but it's probably going to happen again because, again, it's a crazy time down here in Tampa Bay. I probably wouldn't have ever seen it in my lifetime, but since I've been down here, and I keep saying it, when I moved down, Eagles won a Super Bowl. Since I've been down here, it's been a lot of championships. So I guess when I go visit back home, I don't know if I'll end up taking that same vibe back home and seeing if, if our Philly teams end up making it, but it's been it's been crazy. It's been a lot of fun just to celebrate with all these guys. So, But, uh, Coach, hang in there. Thank you so much for, for coming on tonight. We really do appreciate it. Um, if again, if everyone, let me bring up the other screen here, just so everybody can see just the same thing that we see. If everyone would like to follow same way that we do here, Dave Clausen again at W underscore David underscore Clausen. Again, the D three Utica college of women's hockey coach, also the golf addict golf coach. So, and I want to bring up once again the Utica Pioneers. Again, give them a follow, just like the rest of us, the way we end up doing. And and again, we want to keep up with what goes on throughout the season because I think it'd be a lot of fun to, to catch up with with your ladies. And and we'll we'll talk about it here off air. But thanks again, uh, Coach Dave, for coming on. We really do appreciate it. Oh, thanks thanks for having me. This has been a blast. A lot of fun. Hey, thank you, Coach. Appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. And again, for uh, for Larry Gilman, thank you so much again. The from the LG Direct sales solutions studio we do appreciate it and if you guys are looking you need your credit card terminals a pos system reach out to www.lg sorry lgdirect.net uh in philadelphia and as he stretched out here in tampa also you can call him at 855-777-3863 855-777-3863 and again if you need the finest and why didn't this go away well because maybe you got to do one of these numbers here Hold on. As it comes back, there it is. If you need the finest cigar in the Delaware Valley, by all means, Gooses, CigarGoose.com. Reach out to an over there to Goose at Monte Cristo Lounge and Tobacconist. Also, follow him on Facebook. If you guys look for Gooses, Monte Cristo Lounge and Tobacconist, give him a like on Facebook. Everything that he has as far as when it comes to uh, his business is up there on Facebook. So reach out and uh, let him know that you saw his advertising here on Broad Street South. Uh, Ducky... Thomas, thank you for saying uh, great show. Uh, Ducky, what's up, bro? As we end the, the night here. So, again, thanks to everyone. We will see everyone come next week. Oh, and by the way, I know this past Tuesday we were has, we were supposed to have Brad. Last name again, Fuji? Baluki. There you go. So, from the Wax Pack. Unfortunately, because we did have the storm that came up the coast, 
I wanted to make sure because we lost power, then it would have been fun to have a show that started and then we were interrupted again. So we will hopefully have them rescheduled for next Tuesday. And then uh, next Thursday, we have on Ryan McNamee from UCLA. He will be on next Thursday at 8 o'clock. So busy shows coming up. Big Sarge Productions from Texas down there. You guys heard him on the ND Kalu show um, on Sports Talk 790 in Houston. He will be on in about two weeks. So a lot of guests coming up. And then minicamp starts. The regular season starts. It's just insane how crazy busy we are, but we have a lot of fun. So everyone else, we will see you come next week. I will bring this back down here. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in again. For Debbie, my producer over there in Studio B. For Nick, our young producer, or young beat writer. Nick, for Vito Corleone, the co-host. I'm Angel. Thanks, you guys, for tuning in. We will see you all come next week.